2: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of GC Live. Talking Tuesday nights, we are at the Idol Week. South Carolina coming off a very big win, to say the least, in Lexington, something they hadn't done since 2012. They have their first three-game winning streak since 2017. And on top of that, you're able to beat a team that, let's just call it for what it is, they've been ahead of you the last couple of years, whether it be in the standings in the SEC, whether it be in recruiting, and to be able to beat them. All the silly things said, right? You know, the stupid sunglasses and dancing, all that. Well, the bottom line is this. You need to be able to show that you're making progress. South Carolina did that. That's great. It's like climbing the stairs. You're on that higher step, but now you need to continue to go forward. Now you got to be consistent. You can't go backwards at all. And we'll discuss that later on in the program. Intern Joe is with us tonight. Intern Joe, oh, good at cool. you. We're in the warning short shirt. Um, I, Joe, you're, you're 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 a wild card to begin with, but I do got to give you credit, and we will bring this up later on in the program. Intern Joe on Gamecock Central leads oh, yeah. leads the staff predictions as oh. far as um, what is it the, the 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 pick them each week. So guess, intern yeah. Joe's in first place. So we'll get to that in a little bit. That's your warning of Joe wearing a warning shirt. Um, we also have a surprise for you guys. Special guests. Uh, at the end of the program and uh, I don't want to say who quite yet because right now it's still up in the air if they'll be able to get on but that will be towards the end of the program it'll be a very special guest at that uh, one that you guys will certainly enjoy being able to hear from especially during the bye week but um, let's get let's get right into it we see some of the comments coming up right now good evening what's going on Cooper got people coming on in Craig how we doing Chris, hey, Mike, any update on what's going on with Joyner? I'll, I'll add intern Joe. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this intern, Joe. I think it's as simple as this. We've heard from Shane Beamer in the last couple of weeks. I was on the teleconference the other day. I don't think it was really asked at all. Uh, maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, it was asked about Joyner in terms of why we haven't seen him on the field as much. One of the things that Beamer mentioned was just the personnel. The personnel. Um, and that's that's – when they're running the ball as much as they have. Now, obviously, last game they threw it a little bit more. But in terms of what we saw against Charlotte, in terms of what we saw against SC State, there was more, more two tight end sets, uh, two running backs on the field as well. So typically what's going to happen, well, you're not going to have as many receivers out there. So that's one reason. Number two, number two, it's a talented wide receiver room. And that's not saying that Joyner isn't talented but it's a talented wide receiver room. And we're seeing guys start to really come into their own. And I know, look, we've seen before, okay, you know, this receiver is this, you know, is the Z, the X, or whatever. At the end of the day, you want to be able to put the most talented guys out there that you feel like can help you each play. We've seen Jalen Brooks. I mean, look, Jalen Brooks, he, he, he showed some flashes before he stepped away from the team a year ago. But what he's doing this year, I'd be lying to you if I if I if I said that I was expecting this. I was expecting him to come back and being ready to go. But man, is he having a special year! And then you look at Juice Wells; he has just been absolutely incredible. So I, I say that because I just think it's a situation where there's a lot of talented guys in the field, mixed in with the fact that they're running the ball so much, or they have the last two weeks before last week. They still tra- they still ran the ball uh, efficiently, though, Joe.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Mike. I mean, I think you're, you're right about that. You know, the wide receiver room is really, really, really deep. Um, and to carry on Joyner, don't get me wrong, Mike, but he, he's a captain on this team. Like, he is a captain for a reason. Um, you know, he's such a vocal presence in the locker room. Uh, you know, around the facility, I get to hear a bad word about to carry on Joyner. Um, and just kind of Beamer's talked in length about what he means to the program, not only on the field, but off the field too. And I think, you know, we haven't seen him as much out of wide out or in the offense because it's just so deep right now. Mike, again, with, um, you know, Foster or with Jalen Brooks, sorry. Um, you know, he's really like come into his own here and it's starting to look like the you know Jalen Brooks of old. And so, Mike, I think you're right. Again, um, it's a depth thing, but also too like the people asking about where's Joyner, you know, um, he's playing one of the roles right now. That's just not necessarily on the field, but he's, st- you can still like see by the way the team kind of reacting and playing um, in, in the pulse of the chemistry, if you will, that Joyner's still involved in some way, shape, or form. Like. And
2: we're seeing him a lot on special teams as well. So it's yeah. not like we're not seeing him all together. I, I think the challenging part is I've seen in some of the the, the comments, we're pulling it up right now, like we mentioned, when you're running the ball – as well as South Carolina has, especially with Marshawn Lloyd. I mean, what a phenomenal first half of the season. We can get into that, too, because right now, idle mark, right now, excuse me, midway point of the season, idle week, we can kind of reflect a little bit. Shane Beamer, the coaching staff, the players, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. There'll be a time and place for them to do it. We can do that. We can reflect in the first half of the season what we've seen from this team, what we've seen essentially in the what, the first half, Of the half, right? You know, the quarter of the season when you saw the first three games and what we've seen in the last three, obviously winning all three of those games. So we'll get into that as well. Um, Again, if you're just joining us right now, we are hoping to have a very special guest towards the end of the program. Um, They are going to do everything they can to make sure that they can hop on. It'll be a perfect opportunity, especially since it's an idle week, to have them come on. Um, So we will keep you updated on that if they are able to get on here. I'm going to put that number up as we uh, kick off another night of GC live talking Tuesdays, a little bit different this week, of course, since the Gamecocks are on a bye, but at the same time too, there's a lot to get into as far as what we've seen as of late from South Carolina. And that's not to say that everything is perfect. That's not to say everything's all sunshine and rainbows. That's not to say that this team can't grow. They can certainly grow. They certainly have areas where they can improve it. At the same time, though, it's okay. And I said this before, and they were three and two. It's okay to smile. It's okay to be happy with the fact that South Carolina is starting to put things together. It's okay to smile. I mean, I was saying that before the Kentucky game, and you would have thought I said something about someone's mother. I mean, for crying out loud, it's okay to smile. We saw that in Kentucky. We saw that in Kentucky. Now that we people, well, I was a backup quarterback. Well, I mean, shoot, I've only been covering the team for six, seven, eight years. All I heard during that time period before the Kentucky game, or leading up to the Kentucky game even, oh, well, backup quarterback. South Carolina is going to make him look like a Heisman winner this week. That's what South Carolina does. You can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. They did what they were supposed to do against Charlotte. They did what they were supposed to do against SC state against Kentucky. Okay. Just looking at it from a backup quarterback standpoint, they did what they were supposed to do. You knew Chris Rodriguez, whether Will Levis was in there or not, they were going to want to run the football on you. They were going to want to run the football down your throat. And Joe, I don't had the number in front of me. I think it was about 30, 40 yards in that range. That's how, that's, that's how many yards Rodriguez had in the second half against you. You know, that's not to say the running game can't – the run defense can't get better. And I think being able to have a guy like Alex Huntley, hopefully he'll be as close to 100% as he can coming off this bye week and getting ready for Texas A&M. But you did everything that you were supposed to do against Kentucky, and you gave yourself a chance to win. You gave yourself a chance to win. From an offensive standpoint, that's the scary part, and I've said this before. We said it on the postgame show. South Carolina put themselves in positions to win. to, to win. They put themselves in a position to win the other night they still have not played a full 60 minute game and that's even when you look at a team like charlotte right that first quarter slow start slow start se state first half slow start and then they were able to get things going that's the scary thing about this team they have the talent we've seen it we've seen spurts of it from certain players too some guys more than others. We've seen it with this team and we've seen it this past week against a very good team at that too. When I say good team, you're talking about a power five team. I'm not saying the Alabamas of the world the Georgias of the world, but Kentucky still 13th ranked team. We'll see how things play out from this year. We'll see how the chips fall and where they finish their season, whether Will Levis is their quarterback or not. I mean, it doesn't matter. Still a good team. Um I, I think that the timing of this bye week, Joe, and I know that was a lot to kind of just throw out there. The timing could not be any better, just like this State game, just like the Charlotte game coming up right after that Georgia loss. The timing of this to be able to say, hey, look, okay, we won. That's great. Fantastic. Doesn't mean anything moving forward now. And when it, and that's not to say from a confidence standpoint, yeah, that, that helps. But that's not going to help you against A&M. You have to. You have to now put this behind you. And I think being able to have this off week can help South Carolina do that. Because how many times we've seen in the past South Carolina gets a big win and they go out there the next week, what happens? They lay an egg, right? Reading the clippings, whatever cliche you want to use. Timing could not be any better right now with this off week.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And I, again, like this team is all about building. They are always building towards the progressive goal. And I think having the momentum of the non-conference games carried into Kentucky tells this team what Mike that they're building, that it's slowly coming together, and that they realize that they're they're always going to be a work in progress, and they always know that there's something above to you know kind of work towards. This bye week's great because it gives them a chance to reset. It's not like they're carrying all of the emotions and oh my goodness we just beat Kentucky into Texas A&M they get a chance to reset Beamer's gonna give like you know you know he's gonna be preaching you know Texas AM and is ju- just as good if not better than Kentucky you gotta bring the same mindset in it's a home game so I mean you ha- kind of have to reset and be able to you know realize okay like we're not you know the the, the, the people that knocked off Kentucky we're not hot stuff because of that you know like
2: no question about it, Joe. Again, I'm going to throw that number up there if you want to call Turn, Joe. Get on the program. 803-567-3796. Join us tonight. It is agenda-free because we're heading into the idle week. We are in the idle week. So if you guys want to talk about the first half of the season, if you want to talk about what you saw the other night against Kentucky, if you want to look ahead to not just Texas A&M coming up, but to just the second half of the schedule, you can do that as well. Um, and you can – send us a message too on the side, whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube or Twitter, we appreciate you guys. We had a, a very big show after the game on Saturday. So a big thank you to everyone that tuned into that with uh, intern Joe, myself in Perry Orth. I believe we set a new record um, over at GC for uh, the views on all, all platforms combined. So very grateful for that. Appreciate you guys tuning on into the program. Uh, let's see what John has to say. John Carolina since Beamer got here, has been searching for offensive identity. If the identity is in power run game with Marshawn, then Sat not only needs to be fired, he needs to be put in prison. (sighs) Okay, this is how I'll answer this. I don't even know if it's a question. I think it's more of a comment or a thought from John. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that are still not happy with either Marcus Satterfield directly or just what they're doing from an offensive standpoint. It is The offense is the offense. It's not going to change at this point. It's just not. It's just not. Unless there was a coaching change. Unless Satterfield were to get fired. Which, I don't see that happening right now. I don't. The offense is the offense. Now, they do have an extra week to get ready for this game. Do I believe there will be some tweaks do I believe there'll be some new wrinkles into this offense that we haven't seen so far this season? Absolutely. And I know it's only a small sample size, but when you go back to last season, and I know I've said this a couple times, but when you go back to last season, South Carolina, from an offensive standpoint, from an offensive standpoint, they had some of their better games when they had extra time to get ready. Um, they, of course, played Florida right after their bye week, after losing to Texas a saw what happened from an offensive standpoint. We saw what they did in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl against North Carolina. So th- th- those are just two examples. It's a very small sample size, and we'll have to wait and see what happens this time around. But I, what I would say from an offensive standpoint, look, the first half were their moments, and I said this on Gamecock Central the other day, were there moments I'm looking at and I'm like, eh, I don't necessarily agree with what they're doing. Certainly. But on, but on top of the fact that you're playing a defense, going into that game, going into that game, Kentucky's defense, total defense, ranked 20th in the country. So it's not like you're playing against some JV team. It's not like you're playing against TikTok Tech. It's not like you're playing against some of the cupcake defenses that you've played over the last two weeks. The fact that South Carolina was able to make adjustments at halftime. And at that point, before the first half, and this is why, you know, social media, social media. Some people were calling, okay, it's time for Luke Doty. Some, not everybody, not grouping everyone in there. Some are ready to move on from Rattler. Rattler had a hell of a second half. Marcus Satterfield had a hell of a second half. The offense as a whole had a hell of a second half. They're doing some good things on offense. It's just being able to do it consistently. And the challenging part is when you do have people that aren't happy with something, whether it be, again, the offensive coordinator, whether it be the system, whether it be even the quarterback, whatever the case may be. As soon as things don't go hot off the start, people are going to start complaining. So I say that because against Kentucky, a very good defense Unless South Carolina went down the field and scored the first three times, I think people would have been upset regardless. And, of course, you know, they were gifted that first touchdown, the opening drive, no question about it. That's not to say there isn't flaws with this offense. That's not to say what Marcus Satterfield is doing right now can't be adjusted or shouldn't be adjusted. I feel like we're seeing, and it goes back to kind of what John had mentioned with the run game with Marshawn, I truly believe in my heart that the initial plan was this season was to throw the football with Spencer Rattler. A lot of weapons around him. As the season's gone on, we've seen South Carolina start to shift back to a run-first team. And maybe, maybe that was just because of the the schedule that they've had, right? Charlotte, not one of the better run defense in the country. SC State, we saw what South Carolina was able to do against them. I think it was, what? 185 yards, Joe, i trying to remember the exact number in that game. But the point being is, the point being is, they have been able to start to run the football. And it's starting to open up the play action. And we're starting to see more rollout. So, I, I where I'm trying to go with all this is that I think we're going to start to see South Carolina make some adjustments to the offense. I think the plan was to have Rattler go out and throw the football around. And South Carolina's had a lot of success running the football. And what happens when you have success running the ball? Guys are going to be brought down in the box from a defensive standpoint. We saw that against Kentucky.
1: Yeah, it ab- absolutely. It opens everything up for the offense.
2: Kentucky started to bring guys down in the box, Joe. Yeah. And I, I truly believe that Rattler is at his best. Rattler is at his best when he's working outside the pocket, whether it be play action, whether it be a rollout, whatever you want to call it. When they get him out of the box and he's able to get out of the outside, outside of the pocket, excuse me, that's when he's at his best. Now, I think of one play in particular. I think it was the first quarter when Juju was open and Rattler came up short in that throw. You know, there's going to be times where it's not just the offensive coordinator. It's not just the offensive line which who, oh, by the way, have been looking pretty good lately to the point where Gwen was just named a player of the week. So, you know, notice, notice how quickly that's gone out the window, the whole thing with the offensive line. That's not to say that there's no flaws. Like, I'm not sitting here saying the offense is amazing. I'm not saying here the offensive play calling, the quarter. It, it, it's just all I'm trying to get at is there's been improvements. There's been growth. We've seen improvement from week three. To week six oh, yeah. it's okay to acknowledge that and I think it's okay to acknowledge the fact that while that is good they still need to be able to figure out what they can do better and I feel like having this bye week having this week off they're going to start to find ways to make not just Rattler feel more comfortable out there Joe but to put him in a better situation to succeed you know to be able to capitalize on the fact that you do have a guy like Jaheim Bell, Josh Van, who got more in the mix, it felt like this past week. There's only one ball. If you're doing 12 personnel, not going to have as many receivers in the field, you know. And maybe, maybe the responsibilities change up a little bit for Jaheim. true, or Austin Stogner. So I, I, I would not get caught up with. Oh, you know, why isn't this guy getting as much touches? Oh, why is it this guy? Will you stop with that? Stop it. They're on a three-game win streak right now, okay? They're on a three-game win streak. Not everyone's going to get friggin' touches. This isn't friggin' Little League baseball. Not everyone's going to get an at-bat, okay? doesn't matter what the hell you did last year. I don't care if you were all-conference last year. Things are different this year. You have a different quarterback. You have Marshawn Lloyd running the football at a level that, a couple of years ago, this is what fans were hoping for. This is what fans expected. And then the poor guy, unfortunately, tore his ACL a couple days in to practice his freshman season. You're doing things that are just different or that you just didn't have last year. And you have to adjust on the fly. You have to adjust. And I hope, and I hope that Satterfield in this offense can adjust to what they're seeing around them this week with the success they're having from a running game standpoint and be able to build off of it in this bye week.
1: Yeah, Mike, absolutely. And I loved what you said about Spencer kind of being out of the pocket. And one thing that we saw in Kentucky was Marcus Satterfield designing the bootleg, designing him to kind of get out of the pocket, get on the move a little bit more. Um, and I, I thought that was huge. Um, and another thing, too, like getting guys touches, like, again, can't really ask for every guy to get in touch because this offense seems to be very, very, very deep. I mean, especially the running back, you got CBS, Juju, Marshawn. Um, and last year it was a big thing with all three running backs. It's like, who's going to get the touches? And eventually down the road, they're just like, all right, we're going to give it to whoever plays best, um, leading into the weekend. So I think, you know, it, it really does depend on that. Like who has a good week. And then eventually, like, I mean, we're starting to see like guys that, you know, their position was up in question. Like Jalen Brooks continue to kind of build momentum as the season goes along and stay in that starting role. Um, let's see. I think, oh yeah. Another thing too, uh, with the offensive line, like, Like, I listened to Eric Douglas tell the media after week one, he's like, we just got, it's, I mean, you know, might have stunk uh, on Saturday, we got a lot of things to work on. And I, I listened to Eric Douglas say this every single time when a question was brought up about maybe you guys struggled, and he's just like, hey, like, we're building towards it, we're working on it. And now we're starting to see the fruits of that kind of come together. And I mean, two—it's—it's it's kind of hard to play Arkansas and Georgia in your first three weeks as a new kind of offensive line and gain chemistry. Like, sure, those games will—you know—those games will whip the chemistry right back into shape. But uh, um, you know, I definitely am impressed with how quickly it's come along here towards the back half of the season.
2: And I'm looking at some of the comments, and I know I'm a little behind. I'm trying to catch up on some of them. Um, yeah, I mean, that—that's the scary part. That's the scary part about South Carolina is that. They have not played a full game yet. Uh, Something that they did the other day, Joe, I know we mentioned this on the post-game show, going into that Kentucky game in 16 games against FBS opponents in the Beamer era, and that's obviously over the last two years, South Carolina had only scored, outscored, excuse me, their opponents in the first quarter five times, four and one. Of course, they did that the other night against Kentucky. And it was a combination of a couple things, right? It was a combination of all three: complementary football, offense, defense, special teams. More so, defense and special teams, as to why they were leading at the end of the first quarter. Block kick, the fumble on the first play of the game that Spalding caused, that uh, Tonka picked up, and then of course, rushing touchdown by Marshawn play later. Five and one now. That's the, that's, I mean, it's, (laughs) I don't know if you could say it's, that's the secret. I think that's just that that's the key. They need to find ways to get out on teams early because we've seen them. And I know people outside of the Gamecock community, some Gamecock fans probably looked at it and rose their you know, right. Raise their eyebrows a little bit, or maybe they even laughed at it. When Beamer mentioned, I think it was like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, saying that, you know it's kind of a made up stat if you will but saying that you know in the fourth quarter they've done a good job regardless of what the score was um i say that because if south carolina can just find ways to get out to hot starts if they can find ways to jump out on teams early based on what we've seen from them and i know some of those games in there the fourth quarter wins if you will that beamers talking about i get it it's garbage time maybe some of the starters weren't i get that but the whole point being is we've seen this team in this short sample size, both this year and last year, as the game goes on, for the most part. There's been games, of course, they've, they've, they've uh, laid an egg or two, but even Tennessee last year, even Tennessee, that was an ugly first quarter. It was an ugly first half, but it was an ugly first quarter. Got to find ways to overcome that. I know that was last year, but the, the whole point being is This team, in the short sample size this year, last year they get better as the game goes on. So, and I want to bring up a a comment that Keith mentioned. You know, unfortunately, A and M has a bye week too. Wish they had a game so they had a um, you know only a week to prepare. I agree with that, Keith. And I think it would have been great for South Carolina to have an A and M team who was coming off a devastating loss against Alabama to be able to get that close and lose. We've seen it before, not just in college. We see it in pros where a team has that snowball effect, right? They let a loss go into the next game because they're just still not over it. And it affects the way they practice. It affects the way they mentally prepare for that upcoming opponent the following week. It's not going to be the case. And it's not going to be the case on the flip side. I know we mentioned this probably about 10 minutes ago or so for South Carolina. The same could could have been said about them coming off this high of beating Kentucky. You know, I've spoken with people that are close to the program and they felt like outside of the fact of being able to get healthy, outside of the fact of being able to tweak some things from an offensive standpoint, as well as some some things defensively as as well, they felt like being able to kind of, bring that equilibrium back down right being able to get everything back to where it needs to be from a composure standpoint from a you know the highs that they've been on the last couple of weeks it could not have come at a better time so you know if you want to look at it in one sense let's look at it the other way too right if South Carolina and Texas a were playing this week I don't know. I I am I like what South Carolina has done the last couple of weeks and I'm leaning towards taking them against A&M. Uh, oh, oh, by the way, I'm I'm 6 and 0 in the year when I my pick South Carolina to win or lose, so yeah, I'm just I'm just saying. I'm leaning towards taking South Carolina to win that game, but if they had to play this week, I don't know if I would have took them. And the reason being is we've seen this before from with South Carolina teams in the past. And it's unfair to group in Beamer to group in some of these players who haven't been at South Carolina or who weren't at South Carolina over the last couple of years. When you look at just from a historical standpoint, especially in the last couple of years, but that's just what we've seen from South Carolina. As soon as momentum gets going, as soon as there's a high, what happens? They lay an egg to have this off week. That's why it's big. It's big to be able to just bring everything back down to earth and say, Hey, you know what? It's a great win. Go celebrate, hang out with your girlfriends, hang out with you. whatever the hell you want to do. Okay. Get back to work, get healthy, but realize now that's last week. And then come next week when they're getting ready for A&M, it's even further away that win against A&M. So that's what this team needs to learn to do, which is when you win, it goes back to last season too, right? We talked about it in the offseason, Joe. This is the first time for a majority of these players outside of the, the super seniors on the team, like the Brad Johnsons and the Eric Douglasses. This is the first time a majority of these players have had to deal with, with success. Even a guy like Rattler, he's had success at other schools. It's just different at South Carolina. First time dealing with success at South Carolina. This is all new to him this year. So I think the timing is what, is the biggest piece of all this, but you know, I get it. I get it. You'd want to be able to play in it's uh it's gonna even the the playing field a little bit more.
1: Yeah, Mike, I mean it's a little the bye week's almost like a momentum buffer, if you will. You know, it's it's really easy to get high on the highs in the SEC. Um, you know, because every win just then that's the true nature of this conference, too. Like because all the lights are on the SEC, everyone's paying attention. And that's, I mean, that's why we have, they have so many teams ranked in the top 25. Um, so big win like that, it just seems like, I'm not saying it seems like more than it is, but you can take it as far as you want and almost have the same feeling like, oh my gosh, we, you know, knocked off top 10 team. It's big, massive program win, but it's what you do after that. How do you humble yourself after that? And I think this bye week's perfect because it get, gives the players a chance to kind of go home, relax, See mm-hmm. their families. Like you said, Mike, like it, it's going to do like numbers for everybody inside the building. And I think they got a little taste of what it was going to do um, with that weekend off because of the hurricane game. And so um, they have the coach have something to build off of and like what they want to preach without mini bye week, if you will.
2: I'm going to hop around trying to answer some of these questions. I just got confirmation from our guest that he's going to be able to hop on a little bit. So excited to have him on. And if you guys have any questions for this individual, you guys will be able to ask him. Um, And, you know, the the phone lines will be set up as well. So if you guys want to call into the program, we will do that. Um, I guess I can announce who it is. I mean, he said he's going to come on. Um, Dante Reno is going to be joining us. Dante Reno is going to be joining us in a little bit. Um, excited to have Dante on. I think it's a perfect time to have him on. And, you know, here, here's the beauty about Dante. Okay. He's a New Englander. Okay. You can ask Dante anything point blank. I know he's a high school kid. You can ask him anything point blank. So that's what I like about, about Dante. Um, and I think he's going to have some good stuff to say. I really do. We're going to um, ask him some stuff. Might be a little direct as well in there. I think he'll be good, though. And uh, he's, he's always good with stuff like that because he's a New Englander. Okay? They don't need to do uh, this beat around the bush stuff. Okay? New Englanders. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I do agree, though. Jeter has been awesome. Jeter has been awesome on, the, I mean, kickoffs, of course. Um, but what he's been doing from a field goal standpoint, and I'm not going to – I don't want to jinx him. Um, but – Bottom line is this. He has been doing a great job with field goals, doing a great job. And, you know, some point, you miss kicks, okay? I don't know when that will be. Hopefully that won't happen for a long, long time. But the point being is this. He's gone out there, and he's been producing like a guy that has been there for years and has not felt any pressure as to who he was replacing. To go into that stadium, to have to kick at that stadium, at williams Bryce, and to look at that biller and see Parker White's name, it's not easy. It's not easy to go out there and do what he's doing right now. He's been awesome. Um, And it's just funny to think about it because it wasn't that long ago that we were sitting here saying, okay, well, is it going to be Mitch Jeter? Is it going to be Alex Herrera? You know, Jeter, of course, has experience with kickoffs, but what the hell does that mean from a place-kicking duty standpoint? So it's been great to be able to see him do that. Kind of rapid-fire now, kind of go through some of these. I know we've kind of fallen behind with some of the comments that have been submitted in. Um, Dante sends us another message. We'll be getting on a little shortly if South Carolina beats AM, that could get you to seven wins if you beat Mizzou and Vandy. So, this is the week to do all this stuff because I hate the popsicle headaches of, well, if you beat this team and do that, this is the week to do it, okay? So, um, I'm not picking on you, uh, Christian, I'm throwing that out. If anyone wants to do that? Here's your time because we're not going to do that until later on in the year. Um, if we do get to that point where it's like, okay, what do they need to do to get eligible or this or that? Um, yeah, I mean, look. I, I, when you look at South Carolina's schedule right now, okay, and I'm not saying, again, they have to make improvements. They have to make improvements on defense. They have to make improvements on offense. They have to make improvements, believe it or not, some of the special teams they've done. Even though they lead the country and block punts, they have to make improvements in all three phases. But Vandy, Missouri, those two games should be able to win those. Okay. Should be able to win those. There's your six. There's your six right there. Sorry. Can't see USC being Clemson this year. At least as of right now. I can't Florida's see them beating also. Clemson right now. Okay. You have Tennessee also in that mix. Florida. You have Florida in that mix. You also have AM coming up. The AM game, and I hate to, you know, people do this. Oh, this is the swing game and this and that.
1: Yeah.
2: I think that's all a bunch of crap. You know, this is a swing. Stop that. The hell's a swing game? Really. Go out there and just freaking play the game. Um, but as far as what could be a seven win season, potentially an eight win season, based on the games that I mentioned to you guys, yeah, the AM game, that's the one that you look at. And, I, and it's not even about. How many wins South Carolina has this year because of that game? That game, I feel like, is going to be telling as to what you can expect from this team in the back half of the schedule more than anything. Not a, okay, they're going to get six wins, seven wins, eight wins. No, no, no. What are we going to see from a competition standpoint? Because there are things we've mentioned. They, They need to clean some things up. But what can they do with this extra week now? What can they do with this extra week? Tennessee's looking very good. I mean, let's just call for what it is. Tennessee's looking very good. Okay? Clemson, they're a top five team right now. Another team that's playing very good football. Yeah. But when you look at it, Florida, okay, they were the new shiny toy for a little bit. And I say new. I know it's Florida. They have a lot of history. But they were the new shiny toy. They have a new head coach, Billy Napier, and they go out be Utah and – Getting some energy, they're a beatable team. They're a beatable team. Yes, you got to go down to the swamp, which is not an easy place to play at, but you have games on your schedule that, Joe, going back to the beginning of the season, I had this team winning eight games of the regular season. I said with the injuries with Mokaba, with Jordan Strawn, um, that this was after the Georgia loss, that I could see them being a seven-win team, seven to eight win team. Um I still feel like eight wins is on the is on the table. But going back to what Christian said, yeah, this is this is this is the game that you need to be able to find a way to win if you want to get to that point of seven or even eight wins.
1: Yeah, Mike, absolutely. It all starts with AM, but how do you want to define the back half of your season? We talked about how the non conference games leading, leading up to Kentucky helped you know, put a positive light on the first half of the season. Um AM kind of leads it off. For the back half, it's like, what do you want this team to be? What do you want to restart? What do you want, like the the point, the restarting point, if you will, to be going deeper into SEC play, facing off against Tennessee, uh, arguably the third best team, second best team in the SEC right now. Uh, you know, it's it all. This team has always shown that it, it builds momentum and it you know brings it back down. So, it, it, Texas and I'm really. It's going to be big because, again, it can kick off a lot of that momentum going forward. And uh, I think, again, too, this is, Texas A&M is no joke either um, just because, you know, the loss to App State, people kind of have thought of them a lot less. But, I mean, Jimbo ha- knows how to coach winning football teams. Um, mm-hmm. And so with Texas a m this year, it's not necessarily any different. The loss to Alabama was closer than people thought it was going to be. So this team's legit, Mike. They very well could come in here and just, you know, wipe the floor. I mean, it, that's SEC football. Any team can yep. do that to any other team almost.
2: And they're pissed. Time. AM's yeah. pissed. and pissed. They, oh, they should be been. pissed. Yeah. They
1: Absolutely.
2: have – that team, that roster is very talented. And although it's not the same as it was a year ago, the makeup of that team is the same team that kicked your teeth in last year. Yeah. And there's no other way to put it. There's not a nicer way to put it. They kicked your teeth in. They embarrassed you. They pantsed you. They went into the stands. They stole your girlfriend and kissed your mother. I mean, that's what they did. You know, they absolutely embarrassed you. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't think for a second that Beamer, Demo, those coaches are reminding those players, especially this week, right, because everything's all sunshine and rainbows, the press clippings, right? I mean, this is great. South Carolina's four and two la daddy da di They're telling them, you remember what happened last year? Now, when Beamer meets with the media, when the players meet with the media, we're going to get the PC answer, which is, well, that's last year, you know, different group of guys, this and that. Beamer is the type of guy that if you were playing poker with, you'd be able to pick up on his tendencies when he is uh, put on that poker face, you know? He, uh, you, you could, you could tell, you could tell when he's going, oh, but, but you know what though, he sets the tone for the players. So the, the way he goes about it, when he's in front of the cameras, that's what he has to do. Mike. If he goes out there and he's like, "Well, oh, last year, last year, last year, you're going to lose sight of what's going on this year. Okay. Yeah. He has he, to set the tone.
1: He told us he wasn't pissed about the sunglasses and clearly <laughs> he, he was, he was definitely, uh, you know, held it in the back pocket. Uh, you know, so again, Mike, I can't agree more. Like they, this this program does a really good job at like media coaching and keeping the face that they want, um, you know, out into the public. And you know, clearly they they do, uh, you know, the motivation stuff a little bit more internally. Um, they're good at you know kind of bottling bottling it up because you know, like I said, like Beamer was all about like, oh, you know, it's just you know we're gonna worry about us. We're just keeping it going. Um, and after that video on Saturday night, we knew they've 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 had it, you know, circled. I'd had the sunglasses waiting in his office, if you will. But uh, you know, again, I think it it just goes to the testament of this team and this culture too. Um, you know, Beamer's is setting the tone for sure. But as we get the guys, all right. Well,
2: intern Joe. if, uh, if anyone wants to give a call into the program, you guys oh, can yeah. do that right now. Uh, joining us right now, Dante Reno. Dante, good to have you, buddy.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, exactly. I appreciate
2: you joining us on such last notice. Yeah, practice a little while ago. Yeah, we did. We ended at 7. So we just had practice. We just got of practice. Look at you, man. Get off the practice field. And you're joining us on uh, GC Live. uh, talking Tuesday. So we appreciate that. Um, Before we talk any Gamecocks, let's talk about what's been going on with you. Um, Massachusetts football, at least with private school, people in the South, I mean, they, they don't get it. They don't understand. It's all right. I mean, you know, shoot, high school football for Massachusetts only started a couple weeks ago. So for private school ball, I know you guys aren't as deep in terms of a record standpoint. I mean, you guys are deeper into your season now, but the point being is you guys have only played, what, a couple games?
0: Yeah, so we won our last – so we're 3-0 right now. We played our third mm. game last week. We got our fourth game this week.
2: But just kind of tell us what the season's been like for you so far, not just with you but just as, as a whole with the team.
0: Yeah, it's been great. Um, it's been great for our team. Um, last year we came off the best the best record in school history that we've had. Um, and this year we're trying to repeat that and go 10-0. Um, so it's been great for our team and the chemistry we have and all the guys that came back from last year too. It's been really good for our team. We're taking it every week at a time. So our offense is clicking right now. Uh, we're doing really good on the offense. We're putting, I think we're averaging around 30-something points a game, 40 points a game. Uh, we just scored 50-something our last game. So um, we've been doing good. Um, and other than that, I mean, it's been a fun season with the new head coach and new system and all that stuff. So we're just taking it day by day, week by week
2: you personally, because I know there's going to be a lot of people on here that want to hear this, what have uh, you noticed about your game that, that's different maybe this year, things that you had worked on in the offseason that you wanted to be able to help take your game to the next level, and have you been able to do some of those things so far this year?
0: Yeah, I think my ability to run um, is the biggest thing uh, from last year if you watch my tape to this year if you watch my tape. Um, just ability to escape the pocket, stuff, stuff breaks down um just having that ability in my back pocket if i need it um then honestly just just mentally um physically and all that stuff too just another whole year another whole year of the new system um just being able to read defenses better with my dad's help and all the help that i got um, around me so it's been it's been a fun season so far but we're looking forward to it
2: what's it been like having this verbal commitment to south carolina going into a season right i mean is it? Do you, do you notice teams maybe looking at you a little bit differently now? I mean, that's a it's a good team, man. I mean, it's an SEC school, so you know, have you noticed things a little bit different this year?
0: Yeah, I think um, for me personally, it's a lot more calmer, um, so I don't have to worry about all the recruiting stuff. Um, I'm doing mostly the, like all the recruiting I can for South Carolina. I'm not really worried about other other schools and other coaches hitting me up and all that stuff because they can now. Um, so it's just a lot of a lot of Facetimes with players, um, talking to Coach Beamer, Coach Sack, Coach Lembo. Um, Coach Coleman all the time, and Coach Depp too, um, and what they want to see and what they're looking for in their program and all stuff like that. So it's been really good for me, um, just to focus on my team and help lead the team, um, which has been really good.
2: You say everything's been calmer. You know what's what's it what's that like though as the season's going on? Because, and I use the word verbal. I'm not trying to scare Gamecock fans, but I say that because for you and for so many of the. Other players that who verbally committed. What's that like behind the scenes, as far as Beamer, as far as some of these other coaches, in terms of the communication? Because obviously the season's busy for them. It's busy for you as well. But what's communication like during the season? Uh, as, as someone that is committed to South Carolina.
0: Yeah, I think they're doing a great job of keeping updated um, what their weeks like, what they're playing, like all that stuff. Um, they're doing a really good job with me, and I know a bunch of the commits are doing a really good job too. Um, and I to mean, it's, it's hard for everybody because you're in season. Um, you worry about the next opponent, that day in practice, watching film, um, all that stuff. So they've been doing a really good good job with me, especially my parents, too. Um, they've been, they send so many letters. I mean, all that stuff it has, has been crazy. It's been great. Um, we're super thankful for all that stuff. So they've been doing a really good job. Um, and I've talked to a bunch of other recruits, and they said that South Carolina, out of all the schools in the country, a lot of them say that they're recruiting them the hardest just because of how they, how they interact with them, how they're recruiting their families and stuff like that.
2: What if your uh, initial thoughts been on the season so far? Because I always think it's it's interesting hearing a recruit, hearing a commit because, you know, and, and here's the beauty. And I saying, I was saying this before you hopped on. You're a New Englander, so you you don't BS. I know when people talk to you, you want people not to BS you. So I know I could be direct with you. You hear things about whether it be coaching staff, whether it be the highs, the lows. I mean, you get it. I mean, you're a Patriots fan for crying out loud. You see it up here. Um, I say all that because does that really even bother you at all? Is that something you even pay attention? Not just you, but I'm saying recruits. Or are you just so locked in? The reason I'm saying this, Dante, is because I think there's so many people that get worried sometimes when they see a fan base tweet about a coach or they tweet about Meg. I mean, they're, they're fans. They're going to say what is on their heart. That's what makes the SEC what the SEC is and just fan bases across the country for any level. But can you kind of give us – a perspective from you and with some of these other prospects, uh, how, how they look at stuff like that?
0: Yeah, I think um, – how should I put it this way? I think the fan base has been they're – super, they're super strong. And I think if they didn't have an opinion or they didn't have something to say, they wouldn't say it at all. Um, then I mean, they wouldn't show up and sell out, I think, every single game of the season at williams Bryce Stadium. So it's simple stuff like that. I mean, a lot of fans – I mean, I know all the Gamecock fans on there. I mean, they're really passionate about – the Gamecocks and um, South Carolina and stuff like that. But, I mean, yeah, you see it as a recruit, but you kind of know deep in your heart and me. For, for me, I mean, I'm committed to them. So I kind of know the, the truths and the lies um, that go along with all the Twitter and social media stuff. So, I mean, I don't really say too much. Um, the coaches don't really say too much. They don't really look into it that much. Um, I don't think any of the coaches are pretty active on Twitter right now, except for Coach Beaver <laughs> after the Kentucky wins. So, um, but other than that, no, I mean, as a, as a commit, and me, I'm talking to Pup Howard and all the other commits too. I mean, they don't really see it as a negative. Um, just just how passionate the fan base is, um, especially after the last win, after last week. I think a lot of things have kind of calmed down, especially I think they're 4-2 now um, going into the bye week too.
2: Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up just because I think, again, you and I, we grew up in a pro market, right? And we see it all the time. I mean, shoot, I'm covering the Patriots now and people are ready to jump off the the cliff uh, when when, a bad pass happens. So you get it. So I just bring that up because I feel like we haven't had an opportunity to hear from a recruit as far as what that's like, you know? And I get it, you know, is it positive? Does it help the university? No, but you know what? You could say that about any fan base across the country on any level, not just college, but pro. You mentioned Pup how has the communication been with some of these other players? Because as you mentioned, now you're in the middle of a season, so it's not as laid back, if you will, right? Like during the summer when you guys were full steam ahead with your um, recruiting pitches, to other players, trying to get them to hop on board, not saying that you guys have took your foot off the pedal of that, but what is that like from a day-to-day standpoint as you juggle everything else that you have on your plate right now? Yeah, I mean, me and
0: Pope, we still text every day. I mean, he just texted me 10 minutes ago. Um, so it's, it's simple stuff like that. I mean, we're still, we're still out recruiting a lot of people. Um, I think we're going to have a, a big time commitment or hopefully a big time commitment um, coming soon. Um, but it's just, I mean, you're still texting kids. Um, you're still DMing kids on Twitter. Um, it's all, it's all little stuff Facetime kids. I mean, our commitment group chat doing a really good job of recruiting kids. And I think that's what all the recruits are starting to see is like their coach me wants to build like a player led program. Like the kids are going to recruit the kids and, they're going to build relationships with the kids, and if they don't feel like they can fit in with the kids, then they're not going to come here. Um, I think that's why our commits that we have in the 23 class and that we're going to have in the 24 class. Um, I know there's already two of us in the 24 class, but um, they're going to be really strong relationships. Um, I think that's what he wants the program to be built off
2: You mentioned it before, Beamer hitting the social media hard, especially after that Kentucky game. What are your thoughts about all that stuff, just the way he interacts with the players and – how he's just, I guess, the best way to put it, just himself. Yeah, I think he's
0: real. Um, I think a lot of people are seeing that now, especially if him, he won that award last week. For, I think it was the best coach in the country. Um, so that award was pretty cool, especially for him being in his second year um, in the SEC program, which is the hardest conference in the country. Um, and Getting it win. I think they're 13 over in the country, Kentucky, um, or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it was huge for South Carolina in the program. Um, but, no, I mean, he's real. Um, he's, you're going to see what you get with him. And I think that's the biggest thing for as a recruit nowadays that a lot of people try and hide, especially on social media too, which is the head coach not being as real as he could possibly be. Um, but Coach coach Beamer, he's he's doing all that.
2: Now, I, I know that you're committed for the class of 2024. We're going to ask you – you're going to get asked this, you know, by everybody until now, until we figure out what the heck's going on. You're still committed for the class of 2024 though, right? Nothing, yes, sir. Is there any 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 movement no on that or – uh, We're going strength you wanted to see if your strength was going to get better but you would say still 2024
0: yes sir as of right now we're going to go through the season then we're going to I think I have a month or two after our season to like kind of look at everything in a full picture
2: so I say that because with this question we'll have to wait until 2024 but even with that being said are there any players that you're looking forward to playing with I guess you could say more so players that are going through the recruiting process with you, whether it be class of 2024 or class of 2023. So we'll kind of – I don't know if that was the exact question, the way uh, – I don't even know how to – WJM401, uh, word of that, but I'll kind of ask you that way.
0: Yeah, I think we have a lot of great O-line commits in the 2023 class. Um, we have a lot of good athletes in that class too, and the D-line we have in the class, I put against anybody in the country. Um, so that's all those guys that we have, um, especially the my, my 2024 class that we're trying to recruit. Um, Carson, I mean, he's doing a great job also recruiting kids, too. And, I mean, there's a bunch of South Carolina kids, Cam Bringle, Josiah Thompson, but um, Big Blake. Um, we got a bunch of others, too. And Kalen um, Fox is another one uh, from Georgia. Anthony Carey was a really good running back, too. So it's just a bunch of those guys. I mean, I could go rattle off um, Jonathan Paler is another really, really good receiver. Um, so it's a bunch of those guys that um, I'm looking forward to, um, and I'm going to recruit my butt off until, until they uh, make the decision.
2: You were at the Georgia game, correct? I was not, no. You were not at the Georgia game. No, I watched it. So I, I ask you that because, you know, hey, fans left. Happens. I mean, it happens on any, any level. I bring that up because there's one recruit, and I, and I told him I wouldn't use his name. And he said he loved the environment when he was down there that day. And he actually took it as motivation that him and the class that's coming in They use that as motivation. We want to be the reason why fans stay until the end of the game. When you see stuff like that, I know from a fan base standpoint, you know, instantly they get a little concerned. I'm not saying everybody, but I think some fans get concerned about how it could impact recruiting. When I say that story to you and I share that, do you tend to agree more with that in terms of you look at it as motivation to keep people in the stands opposed to as, oh, wow, this is the
0: fan base or this is – the representation of the fan base right now. Yeah, I think I honestly I agree with that statement 100%. Um, I mean, as a recruit and as a player, I mean, you're always trying to go out there and do your best. But, I mean, Georgia, they have, they have a great team. I think they're number one in the country right now. So um, it's just its just little stuff like that as a recruit, too. It's like you want to be the first the first guys, the first team, the first class to go and change the whole culture. Um, the 23 class, they're going to do a really good job. And then my class and the class after me, we're going to do an even better job um, of setting the foundation for – Coach Beamer and his program. So um, all that stuff's going to play into account. But, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that statement.
2: I apologize that I haven't been keeping up in terms of when your visits are. When's the last time you made a, a trip down to uh, South Carolina?
0: So, yeah, so I visited the last cookout they had in July.
2: So when, do you have any upcoming plans to come on down?
0: Uh, we play on Saturdays, the only the problem. So that's uh, the ch- – Yeah, that's the problem. So we were going to go down when they played – I think it was Georgia. Um, but I went to my dad's game they played Holy cross
2: up here, yep shut up Bob chesney, but hey you yeah, know they're they're very, good. They're very he, good he 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 they're they are very good um and I know you guys have a connection with them, but um I, I I'll Dante, I'll let you get going in a second, but um what what have you what have you liked the most about what South Carolina has done this season from where they were three weeks ago and and you get it. I mean, you've been around the game long enough, you know, like, as you mentioned with your dad, I mean, there's highs, there are lows. I mean, it's just part of the game, but just seeing how they've turned things around the last three weeks and they've been able to now put themselves in a situation where they're riding their first three game winning streak since 2017. They have a bye week to kind of get back to even kill. And then they have a big game under the lights uh, in about a week and a half against Texas A&M.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great, great start from coach Beaver and, uh, obviously the season um I, like you said i mean first three note for three win streak i think you said but since what 2017 yep um i mean that hasn't been done in a long time and it's only a second year so and they're off to a four and two start in the hardest conference in america um and i mean i think their schedule is going to get pretty tough too um like you said i think they play texas and i'm at home like, under the lights um so that'll be a big game but no i mean it's, it's a great start for the fan base i mean everybody should be really excited and there should be a lot of buzz about about the team right now. I mean, when they played Arkansas, um, they had a really good shot to win that game too. Um, And at the time, I think Arkansas was 10 in the country or something like that. Um, So, I mean, it's just little stuff like that um, that I think there should be a lot of buzz around around the team and stuff like that. And recruits should be happy um, for what's going on right now because it's it's only going to go up from here. Um, And I think it's a good start, especially building off the last season too, um, which is even better.
2: Last call for anyone that wants to ask a question to Dante. I'll throw intern Joe on right now. Joe, I don't know if you have any questions. You're wearing a warning shirt. So, Dante, warning with our guy intern Joe. He's no, a energy,
1: baby. <laughs> no, I mean, Dante, you kind of mentioned it. Um, this recruiting class is kind of building you know, momentum here going forward. You guys are getting a little bit of national attention. Um, just about how Beamer's been able to kind of pick things up and really start recruiting right away. What does that mean to you to be, you know, part of like the early crop that gets to go out and recruit guys and continue to build
0: and uh, I guess gain momentum going forward? Yeah, I think it's a lot of like the same like, like-minded people, I would say. Um, the 23 class, and I'm gonna, what's going to happen in my class? Um, and we want, we want to be the first people to flip the whole SEC and flip the whole culture at South Carolina. Um, I think the 23 class is doing a great job of getting like-minded kids in that class. Um, with the same goal and stuff like that, so we're going to do the same thing in twenty four class. But it's just like what I said earlier before. It's about the relationships. I mean, everyone in twenty three class is so it's so close, and then everyone in my class can be really close too. I mean, you saw the picture that Pup and all of them took after the Georgia game. Um, so I mean, it's just simple stuff like that. Um, that's that's going to happen quick, and when they get there, they're going to do a really good job.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and Dante. I'm going to. I told you before. I'm going to try to get on down to one of your games and uh, be able to put some. Put some film out there for the people down in South Carolina because I know I'm not too far from you now with this uh, remote situation that I'm in right now up here in Boston. So hopefully, be able to see you soon. And I'm just scanning one of these questions before I ask you this. Uh, let's yeah. see. Well, I mean, you're a smart guy. You don't always have to answer things um, if you don't want to. You know, Dante, we hear how hard SAT's offense is to learn what are they telling you about the world of
0: the offense and the complexity? Um, I mean, as a recruit, legal, like legally, they can't really talk too much about all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, talk, there we go. Yeah. I mean, talking with Spencer, I mean, he said it's been really hard, but I mean, it's NFL offense. I mean, it's what you want being a quarterback nowadays and the whole game is going on their center. Um, it's all play action, hard play action, deep shots down the field and intermediate game too. So, I mean, you can see it all on tape. Um, I it mean, it's, mm-hmm. It's a hard offensive guard, if I'm being completely honest with you, because um, they do so many things. And especially um, doing a really good job. I mean, it's only his first year handling it, too. So, um, I mean, legally, they, they're not allowed to give me, give me anything.
2: See, Joe, I told you, he's a New Englander. Yeah. You can be direct with them. All right. He can handle stuff like this. Yeah. He's ready to go. Because I know okay. he's. A, plus, his dad coaches at Yale. So, you know, he's a smart yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. Dante, I, I appreciate you taking some time to hop on <laughs> with us. Um, you guys home this week? Away? Uh, we play at Deerfield. Deerfield. All right. Well, uh, see if I can get out there. I don't know. I think I'm going to be anchoring Saturday night, but maybe I can swing on by. I mean, it's a little bit of a rival. We'll figure it out. We'll get out yeah. there for the game. But uh, good luck this weekend. We appreciate you hopping on with you us. It, Dante. Today.
0: No, thank you for having me. Yeah. All
2: right. Once again, Dante Reno joining us tonight, fresh off of practice, too. You could tell. He's so probably fine. just hopped right out of the shower. Game on. So um, and Craig, you're fine. Craig, you're fine. I'm picking on you, buddy. Um, I just want to make sure, you know, and I know Craig, you're one of the good ones and we have a bunch of good ones on here with us. Um, just got to make sure I'm, I'm screening some of these questions more so from a recruit standpoint, cause it's all I need to do is get yelled at, uh, cause you're dealing with prospects. I mean, it's different, right? The NFL stuff that I'm dealing with right now, it is night and day different. I can tell you in terms of, uh, of, of a coverage standpoint. Um, uh, but the SEC special, and I don't need to tell any of you guys that because you guys have been following it for a long, long time, and um, it's always neat to be able, especially with the with NIL rules now and being able to do the stuff that we do with Garnet Trust, and we're able to interview some of these players, really, whenever the hell you want to, um, on top of uh, being able to get some of these recruits, which Gamecock Central has been doing for years um, with Wes and Chris, and they've done an outstanding job well before. I got there uh, and Joe, but you know, so I, so I, I say all that because it's always good to hear. And Joe, I brought the, some of those questions up because I felt like it would be perfect to be able to have a guy like Dante answer some of those questions that I don't know if you want to say concern that fans have, but again, the way things have gone, whether it be from an offensive standpoint, whether it be from a criticism standpoint, from fans on social media, whether it be, um, other media members, right. It doesn't matter who it is. What's that like when you are a recruit, when you are a commit and you see that stuff on social media, is it as simple as, okay, I'm just blocking that out. Um, and I think Reno said it best. It's like, don't really care what people are saying i mean fans are fans and he gets it because again his dad's a college coach and then he also grew up here in massachusetts so yeah. he sees it with the pro market i mean it's night and day different in the south so i yeah. think it was it was a good opportunity for him to be able to kind of put that on the table and obviously that is one person's opinion of it but i bet you if you went down the list whether you talk about i don't want to put words into people's mouth but pup howard some of these guys i just have a feeling a lot of them would have a very similar answer.
1: Yeah, like Dante talked about it, you know, um, like you said, kind of ignoring the stuff online. And, you know, I feel like that's such a big testament of the culture of this program, right? He's talking about recruits getting in the group chats and like really, really making a push to kind of develop the program and, you know, using the Georgia and Arkansas loss as kind of motivation. Um and seeing like the true grit that the the fan base has. Like, you know, growing up in Notre Dame, I saw like that's that's a you know, that's a legendary fan base whatever coming to South Carolina I was very much awoken to what this fan base can do um in terms of showing up and their pride and passion yeah everything I mean it tops arguably tops Notre Dame Um, it's crazy and so I think that the recruits are kind of picking up on this and you know it helps again talking between themselves you know making sure that everyone's on the same page and making kind of one big pitch to everybody and like hey like look at us who else we have and like look at who else is trying to get other people to come. Um, So it's, it's a big start for a guy like Dante in the 24 class to, you know, help try number one, try to help some of these 23 guys uh, moving forward. And I mean, uh, as always recruiting uh, his own class too. It comes with the
2: territory, right? It comes with the territory. You want to play in the sec. You want to play the school in an area of the country where football matters year round, there's going to be obviously a lot of, you know, Support. There's gonna be, you see the Gamecock walk, the thousands of people that come out to that. There's going to be a lot of perks with it. There's no question about it. But with that being said, when you do have a place that cares as much as they do about football, and they're not happy about certain things, they're gonna let you know. And that's why I love love South Carolina's fan base, and I love how much they care because, you know, if they didn't care, you know what they do? They go pull a Kentucky. They just go watch basketball games, you know, they, uh, all right, well, shoot. You know, we start, we're starting to suck. All right. You know,
1: it's not the case
2: here. It's not the case here.
1: The, Like the belief up North is that like every SEC school is just a different color scheme of itself. And I mean, I'm sure to an extent, some of the other schools in the SEC are, but when I got here, that's, that was the kind of preconceived notion that I was given. And, oh, my gosh, was I horribly mistaken. Like, it's, this fan base is legit, like I said, Mike. Um, it's, you know, one of the best ones to be covering and be a part of with all this energy that's been popping off recently with Beamer and whatnot.
2: Well, Joe, we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, appreciate you guys hopping on tonight. A little bit different. A little bit different because we don't have a game to talk about this week. But we wanted to be able to have Dante Reno on here. We're looking to be able to have a couple guests on here moving forward. I think it makes things – um unique, and that's what we're trying to do here at Gamecock Center. We're trying to be different. We have those post-game shows, which we appreciate you guys listening to. And uh look, we don't always need necessarily call in. We can have some of the questions that we had on the side. I do want to bring up something that Craig mentioned earlier. Tonka, uh, Edmund, DQ, Nick have been great. Surprises on defense. Good to see our depth getting stronger. I I did ask, I did ask Beamer a question about the depth from this past weekend. And that is something that he's very pleased with. And he mentioned about with, with DQ and, and uh, even worry, as you mentioned there with Nick Craig, them playing every snap this past weekend. I don't know if Spalding was in there, Joe, I think he may have been there as well. Uh, but I say that because just the secondary has been doing an outstanding job. And we're seeing so many young players give DQ a lot of credit. Um Eamon Worry certainly is the story this year. Yeah. With not just the secondary, but with this defense and what he's been able to do. Yeah. And he's very well on his way to being an all SEC freshman. There's no question about that. Um, but what shouldn't get overlooked is the way that DQ's playing and what he did this past weekend at that nickel spot, because that nickel position is so difficult. That nickel spot is so difficult to play, uh, especially when you're young, because the speed of the game, obviously, when you're going from high school to college, and that's not to disrespect Spring Valley. You know, Robin Bacon does a tremendous job with those guys. But, I mean, it's it's high school to college. I don't care where you played at, It's going to be faster. But that nickel spot, you're going up against some of the fastest guys on offense. You know, going up against some of the – there's a reason why they're in the slot. Um, they're guys that are essentially in my in my eyes they're essentially they got running back speed but they got hands you know so the fact that you have a freshman a true freshman at that playing that many snaps the other night against Kentucky they did good what are you laughing at intern Joe the last
1: comment. <laughs> 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 You got the hat on, Mike. Had to, it had to come up eventually.
2: And I'll say this. I'll say this. We'll do one last call. I got him right next to me here. We give out five, and I, I told, I said this last time. We don't usually do uh, Bojanga promotions on uh, any GC platform because I don't want you getting mad at me. But not that he told me I can't. But this has something to do with the Gamecocks. So I think we're all right. Every Monday – when a game when the when the Gamecocks win we give five Bojangle gift cards away because they beat Kentucky this past week I threw in an additional 13. so if you're watching you can see we got 13 plus 5 eighteen of these bad boys i sent the tweet out the other day you can scroll down and find it, it has a nice little alert um, emoji just respond respond back to that with the rules and you'll have a chance to be able to win a gift card and I'm going to close that window tomorrow and start picking some winners. But, um, Hey <laughs> cap, I could use a lobster roll. I could use a lobster roll too. I'll tell you what, I'm a more hot lobster roll guy. You know, you go with the warm butter. Oh, you know, don't get me wrong. Cold lobster rolls. All right. You get a little mayonnaise in there, but no hot lobster. Roll. I had a nice one last actually last yeah. Tuesday. It was pretty good. Yeah. But, uh, it's Bojangles. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, the plan is to be back down. Um, the 22nd. I'm going to be there for the, uh, South Carolina, Texas A&M game. I haven't been back since the home opener. Um, uh, so I'm really looking forward to being back down there. Uh, I pray to God that I locked my door the last time I was in my condo. Um, and, uh, everything's still in there. If not intern, Joe, I'm blaming you. Um, but yeah, we're uh, We're ready to go. I'm looking forward to being down there. It'll be great. It'll be a night game and, um, state
1: fairs in town. <laughs>
2: Where is uh, Intern Joe from?
1: The Punish. Oh, I'm from South Punish. Indiana, born and raised.
2: Um, so, Intern Joe, we got, we got, we got to do this too. I, I, I have to do this for you. Um, actually, I'll let you pull it up because I have no idea. What oh, the the, uh, the reverse. Bring up the um, if you can, and I'll and I'll hide you for a second as you do that. Bring up the tweet from Colin Taylor that has the staff picks each week. Because if you guys have been listening the last couple of weeks, you guys know intern Joe is just an absolute legend. All right. We love intern Joe around here. Intern Joe is friggin' leading the staff picks each week. And it's just pick them. I don't think we're playing for anything other than bragging rights. But if intern Joe wins this all, I'll throw in like a steak dinner. I'll, I'll, I'll make it interesting. I'll throw in a steak dinner for intern Joe if he wins this all this year. Um Intern Joe, so friggin' happy right now. He's only leading by one game. He's up on me and Colin Taylor, I think, by one. And there it is. I'll add it into the stream right there. Yeah. Look at Intern Joe, 39 and 15. Trying to see if I could add your mic into it, Joe. Here we go.
1: What do you have to say for yourself? Say no hobby, Mike. I mean, this is only halfway through. So, I mean, job's not finished. Job finished. I don't think so. But I mean, we got off to a hot start, Uh, just kind of picking with my gut. Uh, If we, if it were based on scores, I'd probably be dead last because I definitely picked a couple of that went down on the wire, still weren't my favorite, but um, I will not be saying tail my picks because who knows who goes uh, down, down towards that second half of the stretch. Um, But I mean, again, one up over the godfather, Colin Taylor. I'm proud of that. (laughs) Um, you guys are hanging in there, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens for the second half of the year, but I'm excited.
2: Feels good to be on top. Friggin' intern Joe. When I Feels saw that, top. I'm like, friggin' intern Joe's on top. I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. But hey, intern Joe, he's in first place right now at the midway point, 39 to 15. Not bad, kid. Not bad at all. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll show some respect for Kendall. We won't show that she's in um, at the bottom. That's you all right. know. She, she got upset. She got upset with Colin the other day with that. Uh, but hey, that's going to do it for our show this week. A little bit longer of an addition. Uh, we'll get ready. We'll get ready. No show on Saturday. Just a reminder. Just a reminder. No show on Saturday since the Gamecocks don't play this week. But We'll be back at it next Tuesday. And then, of course, we'll be back at it for the GC Live postgame show after the Texas A&M game. Michael Scarnecchia. Will be joining us. I think I got this one right this week, right, Joe? But, last You yeah. kept saying scar. Yeah, you, you got
1: scar this week. Good job. Mike. I'm proud, this I'm proud and, of this week. And
2: you know, props to GC for giving these young people a no, jump in, a chance, and actually, no true. question, no question. And I told, I tell this the intern Joe all the time. He's doing a great job. He really is doing a good job with this. Um, they're gonna. We're, we're trying to continue to grow these shows. Obviously, right now, I mean, I'm at a remote spot. You guys saw last week. I was like in a friggin' closet. I'm not in my typical studio as I would be if I was in South Carolina as I uh, juggle both jobs, getting ready to cover Bill Belichick on Wednesday. But um, yeah, we're going to keep making these things happen. We're going to keep growing the platform and uh, we're excited to be able to, to do these things. And (laughs) dang, Joe got enough icons down there. I won't even bring up mine. I'm worse. I have so many frigging. It's probably why my computer always frigging crashes on
1: midterm season, man. It's we're getting there, man. It's, Fall break coming up this weekend. I can't wait. I need much needed break, Mike. Maybe hit the golf course a little bit.
2: There you go. There you go, intern Joe. Well, Joe, I appreciate you. I appreciate everyone that tuned in tonight. Again, we will not be having a show this weekend. No show on Saturday. Mix in your waters. Enjoy watching college football from across the league. It seems like we had to do that a couple weeks ago anyway with SC State playing South Carolina on that Thursday night game. But, hey, another Saturday. No Gamecock football. That's all right. Rest up. And then get ready for a home game against Texas A&M. A great opportunity, a great opportunity for USC to really, really be able to get some momentum headed in the right direction as they head to that back half of that schedule, which, of course, features a a bunch of SEC games. I mean, five of those six games are against SEC teams. So, look, are you going to win the SEC East this year? No. But at the same time, too, there's a great opportunity to still be able to finish second, if not third. And is that something to go out and, you know, hang a banner for about? No, but at the same time too, if you're able to finish third, or if you finish second, just what, two years after firing a coach, and you have a coach that has never been a head coach, to be able to do that, man, that's special. But before you can do that, you have to worry about this uh, next Saturday. Week and a half away against Texas AM. We appreciate you guys listening. We will do it again next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.